I'm Sam. And I'm Sam. And this is Fall Risk. Good morning, listeners. Thank you for tuning in again to Fall Risk. I'm here with an extra special guest. His name is Sam Stenzel, and he's going to be joining us for a rather unique episode. Um, In my opinion, Sam's a very unique individual. He's got quite a few uh, impressive accolades under his belt already in his young life. It's very cool to see a young person like him chase after so many exciting and daunting tasks. Um, I'd explain more myself personally, but I think we'd all rather hear it from you, Sam. Um, so that prompts the question. Uh, are you ready? Are you ready to get into this? Yeah, I'm ready. Let's do it. Fantastic. Okay. So to start, tell me a little bit about yourself for everyone who's listening. Tell me uh, or tell everyone how old you are, what you're into, what your plans for the future are, et cetera, et cetera. Sure. So um, I'm 18 years old. I just graduated high school in June. And for the next four years, I'm going to be studying aerospace engineering at the University of Texas at Austin. And yeah, so I'm really excited for that adventure and just some some things about me, some hobbies I do. I'm a scuba diver. Um, the last two weeks, I got my pilot's license, then my skydiving license just after that. Um, and I'm also a spaceflight researcher, scientist, astronaut candidate. And yeah, I also got to work at a small airport, cleaning airplanes and building airplane flat tire dollies for Mike Whiskus at Buffalo Airport the past two summers. And so that was a great aviation experience. Yeah, that's something about me. Pretty good. Mike, Mike Whiskus, huh? Mm-hmm. That's super exciting. Yeah, yeah, that was really cool. He does he do the Lucas Oil Air Team or Air Air Show? Is that him? He does. Yeah. So he's retired from air shows now, but for a number of years, yeah, he was their their pilot for that. That's cool. There was a a small group of um really good canopy pilots out at Skydive Twin Cities that used to do uh his demo team. Like oh, awesome. As yeah, it was pre- they. I don't think they do it anymore, or maybe they do, and it's just a lot smaller. But um, it was pretty popular there for a little while. Okay, very cool. Actually, you do you remember? Do you know Luke Evans? Mm-hmm. You know yep. him, right? Yeah. So I think he was on that team, on that demo team, for a long time. Okay, got it. Yeah, I'll have to ask him if I see him at the drop zone. It's been a while. All right. Um, lots of stuff there to unpack. Like tons of tons <laughs> of things. Uh. We're going to start with just skydiving and flying in, in general, okay? Um, or I guess more more tunnel flying. Um, you had kind of a different introduction to flying in general than most of the the skydivers that are on the drop zone these days. Um, tell me more about it, like when your flying journey, for lack of a better word, uh, when did it start and how old were you when you, when you, when you got started with it? Mm-hmm. So I did my first indoor skydiving flight at iFly Seattle when I was 10 years old. Right. And so my brother, he lives out in Washington. So we were visiting him at the time, drove by it. And I think a friend had told me about iFly and I'd always wanted to do it and saw it and thought, oh my gosh, I want to try it. It sounds like a really fun time. And so we drove by, I got to go and just really loved it. Kind of got the basics down on the first flight, like forward, backward and turning and mm-hmm. went back home thinking, I want to do this. But unfortunately, there wasn't a tunnel in our area yet. Um, so we visit him about once or twice a year. So we'd go back, visit. And if I'd go back, I'd go to the tunnel out there and just kept my fingers crossed that they were going to build one in Minneapolis. And 
for the longest time, they kept saying, yeah, we're going to build one next year, next year, but it never ended up happening until I think around 2019 when the tunnel was finally built and I started flying and yeah, just kind of have been ever since. That's cool. Uh, how old were you at the time that you started flying in Minneapolis? Um, 2019. So I think I would have been around 15, maybe. How come you kept coming back? I know like at the time, it, it's it's a very different situation than someone who has all their own autonomy and that they have their own car, they have their own money, they have all this stuff, you know, so like they actively make the choice to do it. But why did you keep coming back to iFly, especially when Minneapolis like when you started flying at Minneapolis, like how come you kept doing it? What was the reasoning there? Well, there were kind of a number of reasons behind it. I was someone, or I am still someone who loves flying in all aspects. And just any way I can get my body off the ground is just something I really love to do. And just the feeling of being untethered from the ground for a longer period of time for context. I didn't say it yet, but I was a gymnast for around 10 years. Um, so I've I've got a lot of experience with body control, flipping, twisting, and yeah. just being able to experience free fall and have that control for a longer duration and kind of gain skills. See like, wait, I can control myself in all these axes. And there's just, it, it was a whole new set of motion I was unfamiliar with and I just kind of fell in love with it. And you had like in terms of tricks and stuff, you had a great coach. You had Mike Silva, mm -hmm. you know, teaching you all the how to how to maneuver your body around, you know, and all the different flips and twists and tricks and stuff. And like you had a great you had a great setup, to be honest, did, to begin yeah. with. So like go you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. What what kind of uh, disciplines and flying and, and whatnot have you gotten down so far in the tunnel? Like how far along did you go in your in your flight skills? Um, so in the tunnel, I've touched on a lot of different things. I've done some basic FS stuff. Pr primarily, I've done free fly, but I've also done a bit of VFS and dynamic work as well. Okay. Which one do you like so far? Uh, free fly by far. I mean, Mike Silva, he was my coach and that's his, his discipline. So kind of goes hand in hand. Do you think um, you like static free flying more or do you like more of a dynamic fly flying style? I feel like kind of a mix. I think okay. a combination of both is something kind of beautiful and challenging to attain. Uh, and it's something yeah. I strive for. But I think I don't know, dynamic is probably what I favor. But a mix is definitely, definitely good. Movement is always really mm -hmm. fun. You know, it you can turn it into really creative, like, for lack of a better word, pretty. Mm -hmm you know, like a, like a pretty style of flying. Sure. Um, it looks really cool mm -hmm. too. And to someone who doesn't know uh, anything about flying or anything about skydiving, that's probably the most visually appealing version mm -hmm. of it, right? Um, like you and I know that turning a whole bunch of points in a four-way VFS round <laughs> or in a two-way FS or VFS round, like we know that that's super impressive mm -hmm. and it and it requires a lot of technical skill, but to somebody else, like doesn't register. So right. I get I get why I get why dynamic is is so exciting and so stimulating, you know, for mm -hmm. a lot of people. Cool, cool, cool. If you so I do you still fly these days at the tunnel or no? I actually, I haven't flown in the tunnel in two years. I did shred camp with the Wittenbergs in Virginia Beach a couple of years ago. But since then, I haven't flown just with all the iFly stuff that's kind of gone on. Um, taking up skydiving yeah. in place of that recently. But Yeah, 
Yeah, I get that. <laughs> I, I understand that. Um, if you went back to it, though, uh, what would you want to do with tunnel flying, if anything at all? Like if you started, if you started tomorrow, flying a whole bunch mm -hmm. every other day or once a week or twice a week, however often you were coming uh, back in the mm -hmm. day. Um, if you were to start doing that again, where would you want to take it? Um, I think a lot of the direction I was doing before, so brushing up on free fly skills, I'm big into flip twists, so getting really good at controlling those on levels, on heading and everything. Um, I had started learning the dynamic lines, and at Shred Camp, I had done eight-way dynamic, which was a really cool experience. And <laughs> um, yeah, so just kind of really refining those skills, because I think a lot of the skills learned in the tunnel, just the minute controls you have to have flying in such close proximity, it transfers so well to the sky. I went back, I think just refining those skills would be really beneficial. Yeah, that's fair. That's super fair. Mm -hmm. um, what's the hardest thing about learning to fly so far? I know you have a lot of skills, you know, like body awareness skills prior to starting flying in the tunnel, but... Mm -hmm. It is a whole other bag, you know, flying in the wind, learning to like not hit the wall and, you know, injure yourself, all those things. Mm -hmm. um, but what's the hardest thing so far that you've encountered in terms of flying just within a tube? Mm -hmm. I mean, the hardest things for me, specifically the hardest kind of movement, I guess, was head down out face. I never quite got that one. Mm -hmm. It was always tough for me to fly. But another thing that's always challenging is like, Remembering a VFS draw or something like that, it's really, I think, complex, especially when I'm newer. I don't have that much tunnel time in the scope of it compared to some other people flying VFS. Remembering the draws and all the movements, it's such a complex figure you're building in 3D space. And so remembering that, having to fly it with such precision, is it's a challenge, but it's definitely enjoyable, but still not, not easy. I mean, both of those things I totally agree with. Um, I struggled with outface, like head down outface too. Mm -hmm. I didn't get it until I went to Chicago oh, wow. <laughs> uh, and learned from a few people, uh, Scotty Kervick and Maddie mm -hmm. Baylog um, out out here um, at Rosemont. Um, I didn't learn it until I, like I really didn't get it until then. And even now flying with another person, I'm like, super geeked out because I'm like, don't hit him, don't hit him, don't mm -hmm. hit him. <laughs> like, know where they are. Um, so I totally understand that, um, especially high-speed outface carving. Right. Like, that's that's really difficult. Um, in terms of, like, what you ended with there on on remembering dive flows and remembering um, the dive pool and all of those things, like, that's a lot of information. Mm -hmm. And I feel like you only – I feel like you only really start to – register not register you only start to absorb like the rhythm of it after quite a few reps mm -hmm. you know and when I say reps I don't just mean like you go through the same dive flow um, multiple times like you get practice at putting multiple pieces together and seeing how they all fit and how they all transition easily mm -hmm. and that's just through reps it's just through practice and like coming to more events and doing it more often, like making time for those things like that comes with it comes with time. Like they're all legitimate. Everything you just said are all legitimate like things, but like you'll get them down. No problem someday, like especially when you go back to tunnel flying when things even out in the tunnel world. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Excited for that. What do you think you've done really well so far with tunnel flying? In regards to tunnel flying, I think I've been good at being open to a lot of disciplines. 
Um, there's not, I know some people can kind of define themselves to a certain style of flying, but I'm someone who I think it's beneficial to learn how to fly your body in any way you can and be competent. Say, say it transfers to the drop zone. You want to fly with anyone that wants to fly with you competently. Like you always hear about the the free flyers who can't do FS because they skipped a belly. And I think that's one thing I've been good at is I've, Mikey has been really good at teaching me this, but really emphasizing the basics and getting good at all body positions, all types of flying and being open to anything in skydiving. Yeah, that's a really good sentiment to keep in the back of your mind, you know, as you continue to um, get more experience under your belt and you start specializing in things like though that's a that's a good idea to keep in the back of your mind and for anyone else that's listening like Sam just nailed it on the head (laughs) in terms of staying open to like new things staying open to new ideas Um, but not only that like just openness in general open openness to criticism openness to advice you know um, how to tweak things how to change things you know um, how to look at a, a task or a problem in a different way like just that openness is is a really good thing to have especially for someone that's so young like you have so much time to figure out what it is you want to specialize in if anything at all um you know or you might be a renaissance man and you (laughs) do all the things like you have so much time to learn all of these things and to explore all these different avenues and disciplines and you've already got such a great start at it like that's a great sentiment to have man (laughs) thank you i appreciate that um so eventually you made the transition over to skydiving Mm -hmm. Right. When did you make your first skydive? Well, so I had kind of two first skydives. If you think about it, I was very lucky that I found one drop zone in the U.S. where you can actually jump tandem underage. So I did my first skydive at 16 at Ultimate Skydiving Adventures in Colorado. And it was amazing. It was a tandem, but I did four jumps tandem there before I ever did AFF. And yeah, just really loved doing it out there. Beautiful view over the mountains too. So that's what I've heard. So Mm -hmm. then what was your second first jump like? So my second first jump was AFF at Skydive Twin Cities. And so that was, I think, mid-May. It was the second day they were jumping this year. I went out. um, I had done the first jump course uh, about a week prior but I went out, just got geared up, did the jump, and it went really well. I was, I went fast through the AFF progression because of my skills in tunnel flying. I was able to do, on my first jump, I combined categories A, B, and C. And then on my second jump, I think D, D1 and D2. And then I did E1 and E2 separate. But yeah, so AFF and four jumps, which was a very unique opportunity. And I wanted to make sure I was focused on safety as well because I was going so fast through the progression but yeah so it was definitely a unique experience I think the the tunnel well prepared me to do it but yeah I mean we talked about this when you were going through AFF Mm -hmm. so like just for full transparency for anyone listening like that I these are all details I'm really well versed on already Mm -hmm. um I was checking in with Mikey too as well like during that time being like hey like this is what he you know this is what we talked about you know um just letting you know all these things. You know, I'm I'm here in Skydive Midwest, so I'm not there. So everything I'm hearing is secondhand. But um, it sounded like you had a really fast progression through through AFF, which was to be expected given all the all the uh, prior you know 
experience and time and and uh skill set and your skill set um but then on top of that like Mikey and I both had uh conversations about how this wasn't a situation we were particularly worried about you know because um sometimes when for lack of a better word tunnel rats okay uh sometimes when tunnel rats make that transition to the sky um things go too fast and they miss certain safety cues and stuff so it's really good to hear that you're like you're more preoccupied with that like with that half of skydiving which at this stage in the game for a lot of people they don't realize when they first start skydiving it's all about survival skills it's not about looking cool it's not about learning how to like fly your butt off it's all about retaining and develop or developing and retaining survival skills right off the bat like how do you save yourself in this situation and then realizing that there are so many other ways that crazy stuff can happen <laughs> um, just outside of what you learned in AFF, you know? So to hear you talk about how safety is so much more important to you than all the other stuff, like that's awesome. Like that is a great sentiment to have and I wish more people had that. I'm going to chalk it up to the fact that you are super self-aware, but you... <laughs> Uh, but, but like from the moment we met you at the tunnel, like we all knew like something a little different about this guy, something a little different about his skill set. Like he's going to go places. He's got a good head on his shoulders. Like we all knew like right away. So it's, it's great to hear that you're still carrying that with you all the way through this, like this, the start of this journey. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. I think I've been very lucky to have mentors like you and Mikey who have guided me in safety. Like if I have any questions, I can super easily come and ask and say, like, is this transition okay? Like, I think I had asked Mikey at the drop zone one day, like, at what point would it be safe to get my own altimeter or start wearing a jersey and pants instead? Because I don't want to rush that progression because that's another safety factor you're bringing in. And yeah, so I think I've been definitely trying to break that norm of tunnel flyers kind of overlooking that and trying to rush the progression. Because while I did progress through AFF fast, I'm happy on my belly. I know people who do AFF that's, or not AFF, sorry. Uh, they do belly as their entire skydiving career. And there's still a mm -hmm. world of things to do on that. And I just, I think free flying in the sky, it brings in a whole new set of risks and just rushing progressions, overlooking things like downsizing too. These are all, all kind of separate conversations in themselves. But yeah, I'm just trying to break that norm. So like, hey, my First concern, safety. Knowing all the risks, requirements, things I need to do first. And once I have that to a T, once it's second nature in the future, then I can start thinking about making changes. But at first, sorry, uh, bump, the, bump the mic there. No but yeah, first, just making sure um, safety regulations come first. Yeah, no, that's that's totally fair. Um be the be the uh, the example you want to see, right? Mm -hmm. Or like, what's the what's the phrase? I, I don't know if that's the phrase mm -hmm. <laughs> that people people use, but like, be the type of flyer you want to see out there, right? Like, lead by example. Right. Um, if you keep your head on, if you keep your head on straight, like you're like you are right now, like how you're talking to me right now, like, and you continue on with skydiving, I could see it being very easy for you to. Um, help guide other other new jumpers you know as they as you continue on um that is awesome to hear dude don't lose that like 
keep that in the back of your mind as you get better and better and get more experience. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. At what point though, did you know you wanted to try skydiving? Like when I was in tunnel and knew I wanted to do skydiving or? Yeah. Like at what point did you were like, you know what? I'm going to try skydiving. Like I'm going to do that. That's going to be a thing that I'm going to do at some point. Mm -hmm. To be honest, so I think probably the first time I went in the tunnel, I thought, oh my gosh, like this is really cool. This would be even better in the sky with the view and untethered from any walls. I don't know. Yeah. So I think just kind of from the start, I always had skydiving in the back of my mind, especially when I started flying frequently at iFly Minneapolis and talking with all the jumpers, getting to do dive flows with them. Um, just yeah. hear, hearing stories about the drop zone, it was all, always something in the back of my mind, like, yeah, I want to do that the second I turn 18, get get that license. Cool, cool, cool. Um, how many jumps have you accumulated since you started? Um, so I'm still right at 25. I haven't get, gotten to go back since getting my A license, but hopefully I'll get to go jump with Mikey and some other people in the next few days, do some celebration jumps. Yeah, that'll be awesome. Mm -hmm. um, you're looking for gear too now, right? I am, yes. What are you looking for? Just shout it out to everybody so everyone knows. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Um, so anything free fly rated, uh, probably a 170 wing. Just stay on that for a while. Um, but yeah, something free fly rated, hopefully with AAD reserve. Uh, decently priced. I'm going to college, having to having to find the money for gear too. So <laughs> mm -hmm. anything I can afford. That's fair. But yeah, I think it's. I think it would also be great to know your setup as well. Instead of switching a rig every time, like having something, and it's like, yep, this this is my system. I know this to a T. It'd yeah. be just much safer and better for jumping too. Probably more fun. You don't have to wait on pack jobs as well. Yeah, I feel you. <laughs> All of the things. <laughs> yeah. So if anyone that's listening has a lead on a rig like that, free fly friendly. It's built for a 170 so that we could interchange some canopies in there, maybe fit something a little bigger for a little while or a little smaller after a little bit of experience. Um, reasonably priced, right? Um, fits, mm -hmm. how, how tall are you? I'm 5'10". 5'10". So someone mm -hmm. like fit, fits a 5'10", uh, like kind of lean, would you say lean athletic body type? Yeah? Yep. Yeah. So uh, – Anybody out there that's got a lead on it, let Sam Stenzel know. Reach out to him on Facebook or Instagram and let him know he's looking for gear. <laughs> Thank you. I'll you're, be looking for the messages. You're welcome. Uh, all right. Uh, moving on, though. Mm -hmm. What uh, part of the process so far of skydiving, like learning to skydive, uh, saving your own life, right? All of those things. What part have you exceptionally enjoyed so far, if anything? That's a tough one. I mean, I've thought so much recently about just getting out the door and being safe and not kind of dying on the way down <laughs> that, I mean, I've definitely enjoyed jumps, not to say that, but the jumps I've done with other people have really stood out to me. Like, I, I never understand the people who want to do solo free fly. Like, that's always kind of a red flag to me, for lack of a better word. Like, why would you want to do that if even if you're doing belly with somebody else? It's so much more fun. I feel like there's a lot more you can learn and it's just a great aspect of the sport. That's something I've really enjoyed. Like the the swoop and dock jump where I got to kind of track towards the instructor. It was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. uh, that's a good question in terms of why people do solo uh, free fly jumps. I think it could be any number of things. I think it has a tendency to be a little bit more about lack of connection on the drop zone, maybe lack of... Mm -hmm. um, 
lack of awareness. Uh, it could also be a little bit of um, resisting cr- critique, resisting advice, you know, and so they go off and do their own thing. Mm-hmm. I think that has a tendency to be the more realistic version of why people um, why people do a lot of solo free flying is because they don't want to listen to other people. Um, so they mm-hmm. go off and do their own thing. Uh, to be fair, though, it could be a lot of different things. Uh, but I agree with you. Like, I would rather go out and do things with my friends and do things that mm-hmm. I know will be fun where I will learn things. Um, I'm very much of that same persuasion. Uh, so that's cool. Um, use your – and the other thing, too, is like, are you 19 now or are you 18? 18, 19? 18. 18. So you're 18, mm-hmm. you know, like you uh, have – don't have an unlimited amount of money in the same way that some of us do uh, because we work full time all the time. You know, Um, you have other things that you need to be spending money on. So you have to be a little bit more wise with how you use your time and your money and doing a bunch of solos like isn't going to get you to keep progressing. And stop me if you stop me if I'm wrong, but you also seem like the type of person that just wants to keep on the progression and you don't want to stop and be at a standstill for a long time. Is that Mm -hmm. true? or for sure yeah i'm always i'm always looking to kind of push the limits of what i can do because that's that's what makes it fun for me too kind of pushing new limits i have had a fast progression through tunnel flying as well and yeah just kind of seeing how i can push that benchmark forward on every jump or tunnel flight is something i really appreciate and enjoy yeah all right um yeah, that's a that's a great sentiment to have. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, use your time wisely. Have fun. Like keep keep progression. There, there's so many people too that keep doing the same stuff over and over again, and then they burn out on it, you know, and they mm-hmm. lose the excitement. They lose the passion for it. So like, if you can keep learning, even just a little bit on every single skydive, or have a little bit more fun, or the same amount of fun you did on the last one, like things are just gonna keep going really well for you. So good things to keep in mind, you know? For sure. Yeah. I mean, you kind of spoke on it a little podcast with Mikey, but one thing he's taught me really well is have a couple of things I'm working on on every jump. And if that doesn't work, if the jump or tunnel flight is totally a bust and just not working out, go have fun. I think like pushing for progression, pushing for advancement, but also keeping fun in mind and not burning yourself out is a really big thing. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. So what's your intention with skydiving so far? Like, where do you want to go with this, if any, in any direction? Right now, at this point, I've come kind of looking to enjoy the sport just because really that's what it's been for me, just kind of pushing the progression. And it's been a really great opportunity for, I mean, kind of fun flying as well. But the community is something that's really special. Just the people I've met and relationships I've gained have been really Something else, something I haven't experienced in any other community, really. And so for now, enjoying it, maybe down the line, I'll work at some point if I need a summer job, like during college. But yeah, just kind of enjoying it and progressing as much as I can. Maybe competing one day. That's one thing I want to do. Probably not this year because I'm so new into it. But in the future, I think doing nationals would be a really great opportunity. Yeah, competing someday. Be right up your alley. (laughs) I will say that this community will change your life if you let it. You know, Mm -hmm. um, for some people, it changes them for the worse, and some people, it changes them for the better and it lifts them up, you know, and and turns them into the people they're supposed to be, you know. Um, I think, too, that sometimes 
And I started when I was 18. So I say this with a little bit of a warning, I guess. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> when I was young and I started skydiving, um, it was a huge culture shock for me. Like I came from a small town in Wisconsin. I didn't really know a lot about the world. I didn't have a lot of life experience at that point. Certainly not the life experience it seems like you have under your belt so far. Um, but it was a massive culture shock for me. And it wasn't an easy adjustment to begin with um, for the first few years, especially since I was working in it and I was around it all the time. Like there were just things that I thought I knew about and I didn't, you know, and I had to I had to change how I was how I saw the world, essentially. Um, so sometimes it can be a little bit hard, like a hard pill to swallow, especially if you're going to be around it 24 seven. Um, but it can be completely life changing. Like, I don't know who I would be without having those experiences as a young person. I can't imagine what type of like adult and human being I would be without that, without those experiences. So it can be really life changing if you let it be that that and like you end up having a ton of friends from all different walks of life. You have doctor friends, you have dentist friends, you have lawyers, you know, cop friends, you have hobo mm -hmm. friends, you have like artists, you have everything, you know. Um, so it can be a very, very unique experience to I don't want to say grow up in, but essentially like become an adult in, you know. Yeah, I think one thing that was really cool for me too is coming from a gymnastics background, I'll go to meets and it seems like everyone's kind of not out to get you, but everyone is trying to one up each other. It's very competitive and kind of egotistical. Mm -hmm. Some people can be. And I know that is somewhat prevalent sometimes in skydiving, but the the feeling I've gotten for the most part in the community is everyone's there to support one another. Everyone wants to see each other succeed and help each other out if you can and I think that's something that's really special just the the energy going into the drop zone every time I always leave with a smile feeling lifted up just from even if I just hung out at the drop zone for the day yeah just being around that environment it's so it's so positive and that's something I've really appreciated as well yeah if if there's one thing that I wish I would have done differently when I was a little younger is figure out how to travel and skydive at the same time and so when I say travel I don't mean like internationally I mean go to other drop zones around the U.S. and see how things work there and develop relationships with people at those different drop zones so that it expands your network it expands your understanding of how drop zones work everywhere you know but that that would be something that I wish more young skydivers would do is like start going other places like open up your mind open up your 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 the horizons for what you can learn and see new things while you're young that way you have a better idea of where you want to go and you don't sit stagnant for too long and it sounds like you're going to austin anyway so you have a you have a good opportunity to go to some other drop zones in texas for sure yeah i'm very excited for that i think there's an austin space land somewhere somewhat nearby and there's the houston one too just looking for all the experiences cool cool that's great. That's great to hear. Um, let's talk about the pilot's license. Um, so that also started kind of from a chance childhood experience. There was a, I think it was a family fun night at my elementary school. There was a raffle where they were auctioning off a ticket on a private plane, just a small 172. And just by chance, I got lucky and won it and got to do a flight. I think I was seven or eight, maybe. So really young and just had that really unique opportunity to go up, take the controls, see it from above. And ever since that, I had really wanted to to learn how to fly 
just something again in the back of my mind like skydiving too um and yeah so i did that a few years later i think freshman year of high school i took a young eagles flight at buffalo airport and started getting into flight lessons and yeah i've progressed ever since that's super cool how many hours do you have under your belt so far I think around 80, I want to say. I'm up there. I've been in flight training for a while, kind of on and off with school and research and other things, but definitely accumulated some hours. Cool, 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 cool. Are you going to keep flying with that in the near future? Are you going to keep flying in the near future or are you going to put it on the back burner for a little bit while college starts? Um, so I think I want to start IFR if I can in the future, but for now, the the flight lessons I think are kind of on hold. I want to fly friends and family and at first just kind of exercise and enjoy the privileges of the private pilot's license for a bit. I think there's something to be said about kind of enjoying the license rather than just taking lessons progressing throughout because then you never get to sit back sit back and enjoy just kind of the views, the privileges you have as a license holder, getting to fly family, share this experience with them. Uh, but yeah, kind of a combination of college, but also just personal preference. I'll probably wait on IFR for a little bit before I start that. Um, but I'll still have to keep flying throughout college uh, next couple of years to keep proficiency. So definitely will be still be there. Okay. All right. Um, what are, What plane are you flying right now? Or have there been multiples? There's been a couple. So I, I did most of my flight training in a 152, but last week just got what well, checked out in a 172. So cool. some of both. Nice. All right. Mm -hmm. That's it. Those are tiny planes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Those are so For little. Sure. <laughs> I mm -hmm. took a I took a ride a few years ago when I was working in Paris, uh, Paris, California. Mm -hmm. Um, I took a ride in a 150 and I was sitting in the back seat in it. And I was just like, damn, this is a small plane. <laughs> this is so little. It's wild. It's wild it that those things fly. Anyway, I don't know anything about aeronautics. I don't know anything about planes. So it's it's always it's always exciting when something new happens, I guess. Um, do you want to go anywhere in particular with it? Or is it just another hobby that you kind of like flying hobby that you have under your belt right now? So I might work in the field in the future. So I'm doing aerospace engineering mm -hmm. as my major in college. And so there's a couple tracks I could go. Um, I'm really interested in spacesuits working on that. So I might try to get a career in that field. But if I didn't do that, one thing I've also considered is trying to do research flying. Like with British Antarctic Survey, they do research work in Antarctica. Um, there's also Air National Guard. I could try flying fighters there. I'm not sure. There's a lot of opportunities. I'm just not quite sure where I want to go yet, where life will take me. So yeah, it's something I'll have to feel out, but definitely an option I'm open to. That's wild, man. There's so many. <laughs> oh, man. You're, eight, you're 18 lot, yeah. and you're already planning to do all these things. My God. <laughs> what did I do with my adult life? Jeez. All right. Uh, sorry. Bringing it down now. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's exciting. Those are all very mm -hmm. amazing, beautiful, like big goals. I like that. Those are awesome. Um, <clears throat> you, did you say that you want to work on spacesuits? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So... Uh I mentioned at the start, I was one of the things I do is spaceflight research. And mm -hmm. so I'll be I'll be presenting at a conference in Canada next week about this. But during my junior year of high school, I designed a geology toolkit for astronauts um, that mounts to the thighs of their spacesuit. And yes, yeah, so I'll be presenting about that soon. And I've 
already had a really unique opportunity to do work directly with spacesuits and actually wear one myself and just kind of fell in love with that whole thing. That's another separate area in and of itself. But yeah, yeah, that's, I've had mentors that have done work with spacesuits and training astronauts and I've done research. So I think it'd be a really cool area to go into. Yeah, man. Holy smokes. That's awesome. You did mention earlier, too, that you were an aspiring astronaut. Mm -hmm. That's right. For what? <laughs> like for for why, I guess? Like what what type of missions would you want to be participating in? Um, I've so always kind of anything I can get pretty much like if I have the opportunity to go on a mission someday, I would probably take it. But primarily I'm interested in the moon. At, mm -hmm. at the moment, because it's close, it's you. it doesn't require several years to get there. It's three days away. There's really interesting research. There's polar ice that they're hoping to discover on the, the next missions. And yeah, I just think like being able to return to the moon, kind of follow in the footsteps of Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin, all those original astronauts and go back there and try to do it in a sustainable manner would be something really special. And it's, yeah, it's related to the research I did because um, mine was focused on a lunar mission specifically. It'd just be kind of kind of a dream come true. Can look up and say like, yeah, I went there. Jeez, that's wild. <laughs> that's exciting though. That's, that's really cool. Mm -hmm. um, anyone that's listening, see Sam on the drop zone, like drop everything and go ask him about astronaut stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool, man. Um, how do you feel flying has changed you so far, if at all? It's kind of a loaded question. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't. I feel like there's a lot of ways I could answer that. I think primarily as I've progressed in flying, whether it's in airplanes or skydiving, the biggest thing for me has been an increase in confidence and also awareness. Whether it's of myself, of safety, or of other people, I think just the more jumps I do, the more that increases. And it's been a very cool feeling because while you feel pretty pretty pressured sometimes at first or task-loaded, the more you do it, it feels like, oh, this is, this is more relaxed. I'm prepared to do, like, respond in the event that something does happen. But I think, yeah, as I've accumulated jumps and experience, with other people, like say you're, like I said, I did eight-way dynamic lines, you start to look and see what other people are doing because if someone bails out, hits the wall, it's, you have to know how to get out of the way. Mm -hmm. It's it's tough, but uh, yeah, I think that increase in confidence and awareness has been a really big thing for me. That's a that's a cool way to, to think about it too. Um, I think this is the most we've ever spoken in one long stretch to be <laughs> to be super honest but mm -hmm. you, when I first met you um my in, my reading of you was that you were very quiet you were very thoughtful very like observant um but you didn't like but you didn't talk very much right mm -hmm. um and since then since I've since I've met you um when you were 15 uh mm -hmm. to now like just the way you're talking about all the things that are interesting to you, um, the things that you're doing, you know, talking about yourself, like it is very, very much more, um, what's the word? Eloquent. You're very mm -hmm. eloquent in the way that you speak, but you're also uh, a little un unguarded. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's a good word that I would, that would, I would want to use here, but um, 
you're a little bit, you, you let your words flow more freely than when I first mm-hmm. met you. So I can totally understand why you would say it's confidence building to be doing something like this. Cause I can see it. I can see the change in you, like just from when I first met you to now. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I think I'm definitely someone I try to, especially in a high performance or high risk thing like skydiving. I think I try to listen more than I talk, especially in those first stages. But I think once I gain experience, like now it's, I do start to open up and mm-hmm. have those conversations and definitely not quiet all the time, but I could see like, especially when I was younger at the tunnel and focused on whatever I had to do that, that tunnel session, I might've been like kind of laser focused and like, okay, I got to do this, got to focus yeah. on this. And, well, I mean, that's the only time we saw you two was o- always at the yeah, tunnel. And so it was always true. like a lot of nodding and a lot of, okay, yep, got yeah. it. Like <laughs> just, all right, like he's got it. Good deal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's nice to see, I don't want to say coming out of your shell because that seems trivial, but uh, yeah. basically, you know, like you're, you're blossoming, man. Like <laughs> it's, it's nice to see. It's nice to see. What is next for you besides college? What other kinds of projects are you working on right now besides the ones we've already talked about? Mm-hmm. So we talked about the the spacesuit stuff. I've been working on certification. So really, it's just kind of, I guess, leveling up for lack of a better word in all regards in relations to that. Whether it's certifications getting further, like getting B license, C license for skydiving or getting, like I'm scuba certified, more licenses for that, advanced open water, um, IFR or commercial for pilot's license, further research, further internships and jobs. And it's really just kind of continuing that progression in mm-hmm. all regards, I would say. Staying busy, right? Yeah, yep, for sure. <laughs> Never standing still, always having something else on the table. That's yep. awesome, cool. Uh, do you wanna play 20 questions? I know you yeah, listen sure. to this podcast and I know you know what I'm talking about. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. 20 questions. Cool. Uh, I think I've already got one for you. Mm-hmm. If you want to go first, um, you get 20 questions. It is actually, you're a tunnel rat too. So I could do something at the tunnel. All right. I am, I'm going to switch it up. Mm-hmm. This is something that's at the tunnel. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, you have 20 questions to figure out what I am. I am not something that's just trivial. I'm not like a computer. I'm not like a water bottle or a towel or something like that at the tunnel. I am specifically tunnel related. Hmm. Okay. 20 questions. If you don't get it by 10, I will give you a clue. If you're really desperate, I will give you a clue at 15 again. Okay. Okay. Um, are you inside the, the tunnel itself? Yes. Are you an object? Well, yeah. Okay. Well, I didn't yeah. know if it was like a person or something. In there. No, okay. it'll be an inanimate object. Yes. I won't count that question. That's just, yeah. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> uh, are you in the lower half of the tunnel? No. Are you above the glass in the tunnel? Yes. Are you on the wall of the tunnel? What do you mean? Well, like the, you know where the glass goes to like the white of the tunnel? Like, are you on the wall? Like, because there's there's the ceiling, there's the turning veins, but there's the wall as well. I guess you could say I'm on the wall. Yeah. Okay. You the iFly logo? It's not. I think that is, what is that? Six questions? I think that's six. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think. What else is up there, right? <laughs> it's like, there's the spots. I don't know if it's like lights or a camera or where you like peek down for inspections, but there's the things that kind of come out, right? I'm thinking of that, but I don't know what those are called. (laughs) 
That's what it is. <laughs> like, okay. You're right. That's what it is. Those are called portholes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was easy. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are the portholes. Um, yeah, you can look down on them. You can usually they're used for like cameras so that you can see the okay. top the top down, but they're Got always it. filthy. Because mm -hmm. they never get cleaned. <laughs> so they're mm -hmm. disgusting. They've got all the crud that flies out of people's faces on them. They've got like oh, no. boogers and spit and like occasionally blood. There's like tons of stuff on them. But they're so high up, they never get cleaned. So it's like. Right. Makes sense. So they're disgusting. You put a camera in, it's all fuzzy and it's gross. Oh. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's funny. Yeah, I never knew what those were called. Interesting. They're portholes. Got it. <laughs> Uh, do you want to give it a go? It's up to you. Sure, I could. Uh, let's see. I could be. You can be anything at the drop zone. You can be anything at the at the uh, at the tunnel. Um, or it could be interchangeable. It's up to you. Okay, I was gonna say. Um, I'll have to think on this because <laughs> there would have been something at a different drop zone that would have been good. Um. Uh, because I was thinking at Ultimate Skydiving Adventures, they have these little green army guys in their airplane <laughs> in the 182 that would have, hmm, I'll have to think. We also have those at the tunnel too. Do we? Yeah, well, not where you would see them. Okay. Uh, sometimes in the morning or in the evening when we have to like go into the diffuser, or not into the diffuser, when we have to go up into the attic or into the basement, uh, there's like little green army guys like hidden and tucked into all the machinery and all the pipes and whatnot. It's kind of funny. Mm. Got it. Okay, I've got one. Is this skydiving related or is it something weird and you could maybe no, find on a drop zone? It's it's skydiving related, yes. All right. Okay. Am I a piece of gear? No. Are you keeping track of questions? Because I'm not. <laughs> I can keep a tally, sure. Okay. Uh, so it's not gear. Um, is it in the plane? No. Is, does it stay on the ground? Yes. Uh, does it hang on the wall? No. Is it for student learning? Yes. Okay. Uh, do you use it every day or every skydive? Yeah. Every, every day you skydive? Yes. Is it made out of fabric? No. Can I pick it up with my two hands? No. Does it stay outside? Yes. Am I the mock-up? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> Got nice. it. That was good. Uh, it's like I've been around for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little bit. Uh, cool. That was fun. That was a nice, nice, easy way to end that. That was great. Yeah. yeah Thanks was a for good playing, one. dude. Yeah, of course. Thank you. Cool. Well, I mean, with that, this has been a really great, like, little insight into what you're into, what you, where you want to go. Like, this is really cool, man. Mm -hmm. um, thank you. I will say so far, you're one of the most eloquent students I've had on this show. So that's great. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, man. I'm really excited to see where all of this takes you. Um, I said it at the beginning of this episode, but in my opinion, you're a very unique individual and you have very interesting, for some people, kind of out there goals, but it but it's very exciting. Like what it is what it is you want to do with your life. Like that's very very cool. Um, and it's really different. And I think that sets you up for this kind of skydiving experience, skydiving flying journey, um, a little differently than everybody else, you know, or than than most people uh, 
when they first come to come to the drop zone or or experience something like this. So it'll be very, very interesting to see where it takes you and how you develop over the next few years. I'm, I'm very stoked to see what happens. Thank you. Yeah, I'm excited to see where it goes too. It should be, should be a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, that being said, though, we're going to end it there. Is that okay? Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. Thank All you for right. having me as well. It's been an honor to be on. Thank you for uh, saying yes. I know sometimes this can be a little bit overwhelming, especially if you're you're just beginning and starting in something new like this. Like it can be a mm-hmm. little a little overwhelming putting yourself out there like in the way that you are. So I appreciate that. Thank you. That being said, for everyone listening, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, if you see Sam on the drop zone, say hi. Okay, engage in conversation, introduce yourself. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. Have a good rest of your day, guys. Stay safe. Peace, guys. Bye.